I've seen the man in the horn hat before. He must work in the spire somewhere. I'm guessing IT. If he isn't a coder, then he's a trader with quantitative skills and a sailor's mouth. But this guy's not taking other people's calls. Not taking meetings with squeamish board members either. It crosses my mind some days that the man in the horn hat might be some kind of cook, a sous chef with a big personality. The problem with the cook theory is there are only a few restaurants around the spire, a sushi place, a coffee spot, and a big overpriced bar with ADD ambiance. Horn hat guy doesn't fit any of those places. He has this strange walk like a gallop, and his eyes have this weird bulging intensity. He has the kind of eyes that people in movies have right before they commit crimes. Last time I got a close look at him, we were crossing the busy street in front of the spire, Prosta, in opposite directions. He bumped my shoulder passing by, which happens a lot at that intersection, and I didn't want to give way. I've been working on it. I've been working on not preventing small altercations, not helping people to be polite despite themselves. He bumped and I bumped back. I bumped back a smidge. He flashed his bulging movie eyes at me, and that was that, we went our ways. Now I'm looking at this guy in the horn hat, running at the closing doors of the metro. The giant black horns of the hat are pointed straight ahead, the fur of it covering his face. He is an urban animal. Some instinctual part of me believes he's never been a man. Every part hopes he doesn't make it. The doors he's charging are right in front of me. The train is mostly full. I'm standing. Chances are he'll end up standing next to me. The man who wears a hat with giant black horns and fur will stand next to me, breathing heavily, beads of sweat rolling, etc. I just don't need the stress of it. I'd rather ride standing solo, looking at people bewitched by their phones, zenning out as best I can before home, shoes off, and supper time. He's coming through anyway. Even though the doors are closing and the grating beep beep of the closing doors is coming loud and clear like it's time to jump out of an airplane, he's coming. What am I to do? What am I to be as he gets here? A low guttural moan comes from his general direction as he charges. I think not of animals but machines. Something with servos and an angry overcharged motor, it sounds like a blender with horns, is speeding toward the shrinking gap. Just as I realize he's going to make it, he does. Sliding through the doors at top speed, head still down, horn still forward. The time for me to step aside has arrived. In the moment, I'm not sure why I'm not moving, but I'm not moving. I've trained myself too well, perhaps, to stay in people's way, to let myself be a problem. Everyone here insists on everything. It feels like not insisting is de facto servitude. I'm not moving, and he's coming across the train toward me, and he's not looking up. Maddeningly, I cross my arms in front of my chest. It's clear to no one what my strategy is. He's coming in hot, the way children do when they know mom and dad can take the hit. As I am gored, I make a short sound, like laughter, but frightening. He hits me in the stomach on the right side with his right horn. 
It's possible that he saw me at the last minute and he swerved to avoid contact. Something in me doubts it. The right horn is the good horn, the hole maker. I think about where my liver is and realize I don't know. It could be several places. I only know it has to do with alcohol and ketone bodies. The details elude me just now. Horn hat spins away from the goring, bouncing off a metro pole. His hat now crooked and maybe stained with my blood, landing on the floor, limbs akimbo and panting. He mutters Polish curses as I slump against the compartment wall, holding my side. Sometimes, when you are the only black or brown person for miles, you feel the need to be invisible. It's a Sisyphean desire. You never quite achieve it. Other times, you want to be as bright and noisy as possible. At least you'll have an effect on the vibe. And still other times, you get gored. Hornhat is up and at me once he's made out the gist of the situation. He's at my ear with a river of Polish I don't understand, his hand on my shoulder gripping tightly, the grip of a man whose frontal lobe is temporarily out of a job. In Polish, I tell him everything's okay. This reassurance is strange because I have no idea if it's true. He speaks more rapidly and begins brushing off my upper arm for some reason. Neither of us have looked at my stomach at this point. We're willfully avoiding it. Like when you're pretty sure your bank account is a disaster but can't bring yourself to check. I ask him if he speaks English. I am English, he says. I have not been seeing you. Sorry and sorry so much. Hornhat man, whom I had thought of as a sadistic cryptocurrency trader, is getting red-faced in a strangely affecting way. Were I not so recently gored, I might dwell on the fact that he seems to be near tears. I'm okay, I say. Don't worry. I look down at the wound for the first time. My eyes move slowly in his follow. We're both hoping to see something that lets us off the hook. My shirt is torn, but there's no blood visible. The rip in the shirt is a ragged shadow. No promises within, only mysteries. Hornhat starts speaking Polish again. My eyes flick up to meet his. He's crying now, maybe. I'm shocked in several ways, but not the ways I'd have expected. His face is all hills and valleys with emotion. He says, screw up, it's me. I am always of screwing up. It's all right. I press my fingers to my shirt hole searching for more intimate separations beneath. You didn't mean anything by it. Nima problemu. My fingers on examination are lightly stained with blood. The urban animal had broken skin. I see it and see he sees it. The seeing makes him redder and weepier. He's another animal entirely from the one I'd imagined. A sweet, perhaps even tender man. Maybe he works in a coffee shop after all. You are America? He says. I think so. Please to be, if you might, not to sue me or with police, please. I say, why do you wear a horn hat? Only man in this city dresses that way. I wipe the blood from my fingers onto my jacket lapel. Fairly unique, you know. Please, he says, my card. Business card for you receiving. Damage vital organs, contact for me. I will living with biggest worry. A tiny tinge of red peeks at the edge of the hole in my shirt. 
you draw so much unnecessary attention to yourself. Is it gratifying? Or what's the story? People must say things to you. Old people. There must, from time to time, be events. The metro stops clumsily, causing us both to shuffle our feet. The doors creak open, and he looks at me with big eyes, his face a knot of guilt or something weirder. This is his stop. I tell him in Polish to hurry up. I tell him everything is okay. I begin to tell him that time wasted is poison, but he's already turning to make for the doors. Over his shoulder, he says that he's very, 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 very sorry in Polish. I give him an English don't mention it through the now closed doors. And while he doesn't react exactly, I feel he understands what I'm saying. He is red-faced and puffing as the train enters the next section of the tube, an urban animal in need of solace. As I retreat further into the darkness of the metro tunnel, I watch him, keeping as best I can my eyes and his locked. He doesn't scuttle up the stairs to whatever awaits him. He looks right at me as I get smaller and dimmer. At the last possible moment, he waves goodbye, vigorously, unsmiling. I have two more stops to go. I spend them trying to catch other people on the train staring at me. The game goes well, I get a few. No one offers to give up their seat, but it's okay. I prefer to stand. In fact, it's probably the best thing for me. The wound feels superficial now, a tiny scrape, capillary bleeding. I think of what it means to be vulnerable and catch a crumbling old man with an artificially black mustache watching me in either revulsion or wonder. Only when I get off the metro, shambling a bit for effect, do I remember the business card. It'll all be worthwhile if, in the end, I learn what Hornhat does for a living. At home alone, in the bathroom with my shoes off, I look at the card. I look at it before examining my split stomach. In the last 20 minutes, I've lost all interest in the wound. I make and lose a final bet about Hornhat's profession. He's not a coder or a cook, a trader or a barista. He's not a financial guru looking for disciples, according to his card. He is an accountant. <laughs>